0: Please open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, as we consider this evening the security of our salvation in Christ calling us. What a blessing. Let's look in verses 14 through 18. We'll look at some other texts in this chapter, but let's begin by looking at. 14 through 18 of John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Let us pray. Father, gracious God in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for our Lord Jesus that we have in words that we can understand the recording of his life and his words. I pray, O God, move in this place tonight. Give me clearness of speech. I pray that listeners would be attentive and attentive by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know each need, O God. Bring salvation where it is needed. Comfort your people. O Lord Jesus, be glorified tonight in the preaching of your word. We look unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Acts, the Christians gathered for their special worship of the Lord on Sunday in honor of Jesus Christ's resurrection. So every Sunday that we meet, we are commemorating or in some way remembering the Lord Jesus's resurrection. And one way that we can think upon him rising from the dead is to consider that he was raised, as we just read, by his own power. What man can say that I have power to lay my life down and I have power to raise it up again? Or I have the authority and ability to end my life and I have the authority and ability to bring my life back from the dead. If anyone did make such a claim, they would either be a madman or incredibly deceived or they would have to be god there is no other possibility And, and for the madman and deceived it would not take long for them to be exposed because once they were dead that would be it they would be dead never to be heard from again but for the one who is god his claim was validated or proven to be real when he as we know walked out of the tomb many men have made extraordinary claims or predictions about what great feats or achievements they would accomplish in their lifetime and few have done what they predicted and the greater the prediction the greater the possibility of failure and the greater the claim the greater claim to power if accomplished and what greater prophecy or prediction can there be then for a man to prophesy that he will die and raise up his own life? It is shocking. And, and the people who heard Christ say that he, was, that, that, that he has the power to take up his life after he died, these people must have been stupefied or, or bewildered or utterly confused. And others were enraged or extremely angry. For who would be so arrogant or delusional to make such a claim? No man dare to make such a proclamation, not even among his closest friends, but the Lord Jesus makes his claim to divine power publicly and among his those who hated him most. I think that We have lost something of the extraordinary nature of Christ's words. When people say that Jesus Christ never claimed to be God in the Gospels, they are either ignorant of his words or they are willfully rejecting the obvious. Almost every word of Christ that is recorded in John's Gospel is either directly or indirectly pointing to Christ's claims to deity. And if if what the Lord Jesus said about himself is true, and we know that it is because his resurrection confirms it, and it would have been for naught if he did not come forth from the grave, this is what the apostle said in 1 Corinthians 15 14. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and our faith is vain also. Or the whole of Christ's ministry was in vain or useless if there was no resurrection. But if he did rise from the dead, then everything that he said and did was legitimate or exactly as he said. And what I want us to see today is that our salvation is secure in him because of his resurrection. Look in Matthew chapter 12, if you would. There in verses 38 through 40, the Pharisees questioning Christ. Verse 38 Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign. There shall be no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah came forth out of the whale that swallowed him, just as the Lord Jesus came out from the tomb. Do you see what the Lord was saying they wanted a sign to validate Christ's words and the Lord told them that there is only one ultimate sign that validates his words and actions and that is his resurrection. But the Lord spoke to unbelievers as I think we see here in esoteric language or he did not speak to those who didn't believe in plain language just as he Told them that he would destroy the temple and in uh, three days rebuild it, but but he was not speaking of the temple, but of his body. In John 2:19, but the apostles, he to the apostles he spoke plainly or clearly about his resurrection. In Matthew 17:22 to 23, the Lord told his apostles, "The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised from the dead." And after Christ's resurrection, he appeared only to those who were handpicked. These things are supernaturally revealed. Or or we can't really believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead until we are born again or until it is revealed to us by Christ. If the Lord Jesus' resurrection secured all that he did and said, then we can be 100% confident that when he calls a people unto himself that we will come or our salvation and calling is as secure as the Lord's resurrection and Christ revealing it to us and directly connected to this reality of Christ having power to raise himself from the dead is the reality that he laid his life down. And he did it by the command of the Father because of his love for his sheep. And therefore, if his death and resurrection by his own power are secure, then our calling is just as secure. Or when Christ calls us, we will and must hear his voice and come to him just as sure as he has raised himself from the dead through his own power. By the command of the Father. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to speak to you this evening about the impossibility of us being lost or for Christ's sheep to be lost. The Lord Jesus would have to go back into the grave and the union between the Father and the Son would have to be broken. What security we have as partakers of the Trinitarian Fellowship. And our salvation is by the resurrection power and infinite love of Jesus Christ established in God's decrees and given to us by his free or sovereign grace. So we will look at our five verses under just two headings. First, the impossibility of Christ's sheep not hearing his voice, and the impossibility of his of or or the possibility of us not being saved. And secondly we'll look at the impossibility of Jesus Christ remaining in the tomb. Let's start in verses fourteen through sixteen, back in John chapter ten, and look at the impossibility of Christ's sheep not hearing his voice. Look with me at verses 14 and 15 of our passage. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is incredible. What comfort and security this text brings to the saint. That as Christ knows the Father, And as the father knows the son, so the son knows his sheep and the sheep know him. John Calvin made this comment about verse 15. He said, for Christ simply declares that so far as he is the bond of our union with God, he is placed between him and us as if he had said that it is no more possible for him to forget us then he should be rejected or disregarded by the Father. End quote. We cannot fully understand this bond, but it, it it is it truly is the greatest blessing bestowed upon Christ's sheep that we, as regenerate men and women, have been brought into this most sacred and indivisible or inseparable and most loving relationship between the Father and the Son. Look in John chapter 17. I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with the passage. In John 17 in verse 21, it's what Christ prays. This is the desires of Christ. Look in verse 21, that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. This is the point that the apostle is making later in the 10th chapter of John. Go back there and he's in John ten twenty-seven: my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. As sure as the father loves his son, so Christ loves his sheep and who were given to him by the father and as sure as Jesus Christ rose from the dead is as sure that we who are his have heard his voice and followed him. And those who are his and haven't heard yet his voice will hear and follow. We may know the distinct sound of someone's voice without knowing the person but we know the voice of Christ because we know Him. We know Him or, uh, or, or the truth of His words ring in our minds. Or, or we hear and believe the sayings of Christ that would naturally repel us. Naturally we would be repelled by the words of Christ that we read in the scripture, which is the only place that we can hear Christ's voice, which is in his word. The words of Christ Jesus are repulsive or unattractive to the unconverted. The Lord Jesus claims to be the only way to heaven and that everyone else, every way else leads to hell. The Lord Jesus makes demands that upon men that nobody else makes. He said that if we love mother, father, sister, brother, or our own life more than him, that we are not worthy of him. The Lord Jesus often denounced or condemned and does condemn our self-righteousness. We would turn and run in the other direction. And some of us did if or when we heard these things in our formerly unconverted state. But now we are drawn to Christ by hearing these things because the one missing factor from the unsaved person's mind and reality is that Jesus Christ is God. But when we see him as God or as the risen Lord, it becomes obvious that he is the only way to heaven. And we love him above all, loving above all others. And our self-righteousness sickens us in light of his perfect righteousness. All these doctrines or truths that would push us away now draw us to Christ because of the truth that has been revealed. And he is determined to save us. And the Lord Jesus will lose none. None of his None of his given to Him by the Father. Hearing Christ's voice is hearing and believing His truth. And it is feeling or sensing His love that as Christ loves His Father, He loves His children. It sounds too good to be true. But the last clause of verse 15 in John 10, and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is what draws us to Christ initially. Or the first time and it is what continually draws us to Christ we hear and feel his love for us his grace is irresistible because we are encaged if I could say it that way by his love it's not that we only hear about his love but His love we hear or when we read the scripture and it says that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We can hear Christ saying that we were those sinners that Christ loved while we were in our sin. We can hear Christ speaking to us when he prayed from the cross and said, Father, forgive them. We can hear Christ praying for us When he said to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as weak, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Or in those last verses of John 17, we hear Christ praying for us. I hear him praying for me. And his mercy is something tangible or or something that is real in our life because now we can forgive others because we have been forgiven. And when we can't forgive, the foundation of our Christianity shakes and we seek the Lord for His grace, for that forgiving spirit of our Lord Jesus. And He gives it to us. And when we read the text of Scripture that says that Christ will not Put out the smoking flax and he will not break the bruised reed. Meaning that he, he patiently and gently nurtures his people. Even as a mother cares for her newborn child. We can see the multitude of times that our Lord Jesus has strengthened us. And in our greatest times of despair and in our volum vulnerability to fall away he has preserved us by his loving kindness and tender mercies and we know that he ever lives to make intercession for us in heaven or ever stands in heaven defending our case with his own precious blood and then just in case we might think that these words were only for those whom Christ was speaking to at the moment. You can look back in John 10 in verse number 16. In 10:16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. In this most blessed pronouncement. The Lord had us on his mind and he wanted everyone to know it. He knew our names back then and we were specifically on his mind. We are called the the apple of his eye or we are his bride or or darling and he wanted us to know that hearing his voice was not just for those who physically walked with him in his earthly ministry but that this is for all those who are his and this calling and Christ's affection for his people is so sure that that it is as sure as the Father's love for Christ and Christ's love for his Father because this is a call of truth and love. And we hear his voice and are drawn to him. And his voice is irresistible or impossible to resist when we hear it because of his Extravagant and super abounding love. And this love and unequivocal satisfaction of justice cannot be questioned because of what the Lord Jesus said in verse 15, I lay down my life for the sheep. Who would question the love of the one who would deliberately or purposefully lay down his life for another and one so great Even the king of kings would lay his life down for a worm. And less than a worm, even a maggot such as myself. Oh, what grace and what immeasurable or infinite value has the death of one so great as Christ that we can be fully assured of his atonement or payment. For all of our sin. And a million more if necessary. So first we see the impossibility of Christ's sheep. Not, or, not hearing his voice. Second we see the impossibility of Jesus Christ remaining in the tomb. In verse 17 of John 10. Therefore doth my father love me. Because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Or turn with me to Philippians Chapter 2, to that familiar passage. Oh, but so glorious it is in verses 9 through 11. The Holy Spirit there said it this way. And and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself in verse 8. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Son finds his greatest delight in, in obeying his father, and the father takes his greatest pleasure in pouring out blessings upon his son because of his obedience. We have to be careful in how we define God, or, or God cannot increase or decrease because he is unchangeable or, or is in the fullness of who he is. He, he, he cannot grow or lessen. I and mean, he is all glorious and infinite, or complete in himself. But this love between the Father and the Son, it appears to us to be to be synergistic, or that there is an increase of the Son's delight in the Father and the Father's delight in the Son in their exchange of love, or I should say that their love is perfect and therefore cannot increase because it is perfectly full and Infinitely complete. And now that love is expressed or revealed to men by Jesus Christ laying down his life for the sheep and taking up his life again. Where the expression of God's love is exchanged between the Father and the Son is unveiled or plainly seen in the gospel. Why did Christ lay down his life for his sheep? Because of His infinite love for the Father. And since the Father has chosen and given to Christ those sheep. Now that love is aimed at us. Who are Christ's sheep. Given to Him by the Father. This this is an unbreakable circle. The, The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Father gives the Son His sheep. Christ lays down His life for the sheep. And we who are in Christ are and will be the everlasting beneficiaries of this exchange of love between the Father and the Son. It is, it is shocking. And all this confirmed and empowered by the resurrection of Jesus Christ or that he laid down his life and he rose himself from the dead which brings us to verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. In Acts chapter 2, if you would turn there in verse 24, Acts chapter 2 in verse 24. <clears throat> whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. It was not possible for the Lord Jesus to remain in the tomb. One, because God had declared that he would rise from the dead. And two, the Lord Jesus being God, he could not be held under the power of death. Three ways that Christ's Potency or or miraculous and divine strength is displayed in him laying down his life and taking it up again. In his prerogative and his power in his person, first we see that the Lord Jesus as God, because he he had the prerogative of God, or or Jesus Christ had and has the right to take life and to give life. No mere man has the right or authority to take his life, although. We know in one sense he laid it down like a soldier would if he jumped on a hand grenade to save his fellow soldiers. But Christ's death was different than that illustration because his death was preplanned or preordained. Or the Lord Jesus foretold of his death and he knew in what hour he would die. And he was arranging the circumstances that it would happen as it was predestinated in eternity past. This proves that Jesus Christ had the right or the authority as God to lay his life down and he had a knowledge of the future to plan it. Second, this is a display of Christ's power. When he died, he gave up the ghost, we are told, or he relinquished or gave up his life. He was claiming to have power to take his own life, which by implication means that he was Sustaining his own life. We cannot even comprehend the sustaining power of life in the smallest way. Think about it. On an average, our heart beats 4,800 times an hour. This little organ about the size of our fist pumps more than 100 gallons of blood per hour. And the power source of our hearts is a little piece of tissue a few square millimeters, and and a millimeter is about the width of a dime on edge, and that small piece of tissue is constantly producing the electrical current necessary for our hearts to pump our blood through our veins that stretch 60,000 miles, or our veins stretch twice around the world. Would any one of us be so foolish to say that we Have all this figured out and more than that, could any one of us dare to say that we are the cause and sustainer of these things? And what is the source of such energy and where did it originate? All energy and matter originated and is supported or upheld by the Lord Jesus Christ In Colossians 1, in Hebrews 1, in other places. And not only those things material or things that we can see, but in Colossians 1 we're told that he's the creator and sustainer of all things material and immaterial. Or things that we can see and cannot see. First, we see the prerogative of Christ. or, or, Or he had the right as God to take his life and to raise it up. Second, we see the power of Christ. That only God has set in place and control over the things that are functioning in the material and spiritual world. And third, we see the person of Christ. Or if someone claimed to be able to raise themselves from the dead, they are claiming that they have some existence beyond their physical existence. They would have to be claiming that. How possible is it for one dead to raise himself from the dead if someone is dead? They can do nothing. They have no strength or ability. But Jesus Christ claimed to exist before he came to earth. He claimed to exist outside of his earthly existence. And he claimed to have life that was inextinguishable or unable to be ended. The Lord Jesus Christ is from everlasting to everlasting. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth or of the universe. And thus, He was the creator of the very body that he took on as a man. Figure that one out. And thereby, he was able to raise himself from the dead. No man has ever made such astonishing claims who can say these things and be in their right mind except he have the prerogative power and person or authority almighty power and eternal existence to perform them and jesus christ did all that he said that he would do down to the smallest detail and it was all confirmed or set in stone when he came bursting out of the grave the lord jesus doesn't have eternal life but he is eternal life And to be in him is to partake of that life. And we are partakers who have been called by the good shepherd. And as sure as we are that the grave could not hold Christ, is as sure as we are that we have been called and saved by him. Because the love that Christ has for his people is a permanent love. Is that is permanent as his as love for the Father? And that our security of salvation in Christ is in him. It is in not, not necessarily in how much we can believe, although there's an aspect of that that it's true, but it is where does that faith come from? Except for knowing these great truths. And in knowing these great truths, We are cemented in Christ. We are permanently fixed in our position with Him. In Christ laying down His life and taking it up again, we see great amounts of the power of God, the truth of God, and the love of God. Therefore, as we consider the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and may we think about it often, let us daily consider our resurrected Lord and that he laid down his life and he took it again or he rose himself from the dead and that now through his death and resurrection we are brought into this love relationship between the Father and the Son and we can have great hope and expectation of being with Christ forever because as sure as Christ's love is for his father, is as sure as his love is for his people. And this was proven by Christ laying down his life and taking it up again. And as sure as Jesus Christ rose from the dead, is as sure as we will raise from the dead and these bodies will be resurrected and united with our spirits and be forever with the Lord. And what God has decreed and performed, and those who God has loved and called, can never change. Because He is unchangeable, and almighty, and all-merciful. May these truths of our Savior be the anchor of our souls, or the confidence that we will stand righteous in Him on the day of judgment, and loved by Him when we meet Him face the face the security of our salvation is not in our sincerity it is in the fact that God has decreed it before the foundations of the world and it is in the fact that Christ has called us and we heard his voice and I'm compelled to ask you this evening Have you heard his voice? Have you read the scripture? Have you heard the scripture preached? And heard Christ speaking to you. And calling you to himself. And inherent in that call is the ability to answer the call. That none of us could answer the call of Christ except That it comes by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are quickened, and Christ has called us if we are in Christ. And I pray that each of us this evening has this great hope. What comfort it brings to the believer, what power it gives us to serve the Lord, to know that the love that the Father has for the Son is the love that Christ has for his people. And that for God the Father to reject us, he would have to reject his Son. And that the salvation of, the, of those in Christ is secure in him. And I pray that each of us has this confidence tonight for his glory. Amen. Let us bow and pray. Father in heaven, holy God, thank you for these great truths. Oh, God, if it was up to us, we would never be saved in the first place. If it was up to us, we would lose it in a minute. But, oh, God, it is according to your eternal decrees that you save whom you will. And, oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we heard your voice and you called us. I pray for those who have not heard your voice that all, oh Lord, that they would even hear it now that they would hear christ calling saying come unto me oh lord that they would hear you that all of salvation is in you lord jesus we thank you and praise you tonight we pray all these things in jesus name amen